we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. 1 Samuel chapter number 3, we'll begin our reading in verse number 1. The Word of God says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the Word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. But the Lord God called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. The Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose, went to Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that hear it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, I'd encourage you to go to verse number 9. The Bible says, Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, it shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say. And would you make note of these next two words? Speak, Lord. I want to ask you a question tonight. What do you do when God speaks? He is speaking, by the way. He's always speaking. It's interesting to me that the very first act that you ever find God performing in Scripture is the act of creation, and He performs that act through 
the spoken word. God is a communicator. God desires a relationship with us, by the way. You and I are the very crown of his creation. In that act of creation, he made such a wonderful world. He made an endless, vast universe. And of all of that, he says, but you, the human race, you are the crown of all of it. You're the very peak. You are the reason that I created the rest of it. And God desires a relationship with us. He created us for that. And so if you are a husband like myself, sometimes you have to be reminded that you cannot have a relationship without communication. Gentlemen, help me out here, please. All right. But God communicated with us because he desired that relationship. And so what does he do? He goes to Adam and Eve and he speaks to them. And then they fall. They sin. They they commit a transgression of the law of God. And so what does God do? He speaks to them yet again. There in that in that chaotic situation where there's confusion and there's, and there's fear and doubt and all those things, what does God do? He speaks to them, and he speaks to them of the coming Messiah. They're driven from the Garden of Eden, and people may think, well, that's it. No more hearing from God. That's not who God is. He's the pursuer. He's the communicator. He's always coming after us. And so God speaks to a man by the name of Noah, and he says, you need to build a boat. And then he speaks to a man called Abraham, calls him out of Ur of the Chaldees, this pagan man who, as far as we know, knew nothing about God until God spoke to him, until God communicated with him. God speaks to his his descendants after him, to Isaac and to Jacob. God speaks one day to Moses through a burning bush. And he says, Moses, I have a job for you to do. God speaks to David, and God speaks over and over again to and through the prophets. And one day, or should I say one night, God speaks to a young man by the name of Samuel. Samuel, he calls his name. Samuel's confused. He doesn't know what's going on. He, he hears a voice. The only other person that's near, as far as he knows, is Eli, and so he does the natural thing. He jumps up and goes to Eli and says, yes, sir, what can I do to help you? And Eli says, you can help me by leaving me alone. I'm an old man. I'm tired. Let me sleep. Go back to bed. So he goes back to bed, and a second time he hears his name being called, and, and this time he's sure. The first time he was a little bit, you know how like when you're right in between awake and asleep, you know, and you hear something and you kind of, was that real? Was it not? I don't know, you know. And uh, I have this thing where I'll, I'll hear a noise, a loud noise, and I'll say to Heidi, did you hear that? No. Yeah. This time he's sure, though. He knows he hears something. He goes to Eli. Eli, yes, sir, what can I do for you? Same, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time, same thing. He goes back. This time Eli perceives that it's not just anybody or anything. It's not the wind. It's not, the, it's not an owl outside making a noise. This is God that is speaking. And he instructs Samuel. He says, Samuel, when God calls you again, I want you to say, speak, Lord, because your servant hears you. He goes back to bed, and the Bible says in verse number 10, look at it if you would, please. And the Lord came and stood 
and called. I wish we had time tonight to look at those three things. We don't, perhaps some other time. But here's what I find really interesting. When God comes to Adam and Eve in the garden after they sin, what does he do? He comes to them, he stands there, and he calls. And here's a young man, doesn't even know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And God comes from where he is and comes to that place. God is omnipresent, but the very presence of God comes in that place. And he stands still and he calls. Let me tell you what this this communicates to us about God. When God speaks to us, he's not in a hurry. He's not too busy. He's interested in you. He comes to us. He stands and he calls. So how do we respond when God calls, when God speaks to us? I want you to know God is always speaking. He speaks to us in a number of ways. Hebrews chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews begins that great epistle with these words, God who at sundry times, that means in lots of times, a multiplicity of times, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners, that means in lots of different ways. So lots of times and in lots of ways, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. So God is, is, is a communicator and he's speaking to us and he wants a relationship with, with humanity. And so because he wants that relationship, he's speaking and he's, he speaks in the Old Testament in a number of ways, through visions, through dreams, through the, the audible word. I've told you this before, but I was going through a period in my life as a teenager where I was really questioning uh, many things and really wanted to know what God had for my life. And I told my dad, I said, God, Dad, if God will just go audible, it will freak me out, but I'll handle it. I know. I just, I just want to know what he, what he wants me to do. And in my teenage mind, I really believed that. But God does not speak to us that way. But the Bible does say that God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake, to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us. And how does God speak to us? Well, the first way He speaks to us, according to that verse, is through His Son, through the person of Jesus Christ. It's interesting to me that John chapter 1 refers to Jesus as the living Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see, we have two great communications from God. We have the written Word, which is in your lap tonight, and you have the living Word, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of this, by the way, is so we will know who He is. By the way, my King is known by mercy. How do I know that? Because He communicated that to me. He told me about that, and he told me about that through his son, and he told me about that through his word. And so we we come to know God, and, and God speaks to us through the person of Jesus Christ. God also speaks to us through creation. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Romans chapter 1 says that the invisible things of God are clearly seen to us through the visible creation all around us. Creation speaks to people. Creation is God's communication of Himself to us. So through His Son, through creation, through circumstances. Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, God says, let His people go. What is that? That's the spoken word of God. And Pharaoh had no time for the spoken word, so God says, all right, I'll bring some circumstances in and it will make you ready to listen to me. 
God communicates to you and to me through circumstances in our lives. Look, may we never forget that all of life's appointments are God's appointed appointments. Look, tomorrow is not going to be a mistake. Tomorrow, things aren't just going to randomly happen. No, every appointment is a God-appointed appointment. And he brings people in and out of my life, and he brings circumstances in and out of my life. And what is he doing? He is masterfully weaving this communication. God is at work speaking to me. You know what the problem is? I just don't listen. I'm not ready to listen yet. He speaks to me through His Son. He speaks to me through creation. He speaks to me through circumstances. God speaks to me through fellow believers. How many times has someone walked up to you or walked up to me as a fellow believer and just spoken a word of encouragement at the moment we needed it the most? You know what God's doing? He's communicating to us. He's speaking to my life. He's speaking into me through fellow believers. He also speaks to me by His Spirit. This is not some weird, spooky thing. This is as real as it can get in the Christian life. But God leads and He guides and He communicates by His Spirit, the prompting of the Spirit of God. When you're walking into the store and you see that person and the Holy Spirit of God within you says, you need to talk to them. You need to hand them a gospel track. You need to invite them to church. I was telling the Sunday school class this morning, it's been a while ago, but I was going through the drive-thru at Wendy's and there was a young lady there, and uh, she just looked, she looked like she'd had a bad day, right? Just rough. You know those, those kind of most days for me. And, uh, you know, she just looked rough. And I, my heart went out to her, and the Lord said, well, give her a gospel track, you know? Give her something that's going to help her. She handed me my food, and, and if I remember correctly, one of my boys was with me. But uh, she handed me my food, and I have uh, in, in the middle console there of, of my vehicle, I have gospel track. And so I, hand, I went to hand her a, a track and I said, well, let me give you this. She goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Good night. What? She said, we are not allowed to take anything in the window. Sorry. I said, I'm just trying to invite you to church. You know, she goes, what church is that? Tabernacle Baptist. Love to have you. I'll keep this, you know. <laughs> But God prompts us by His Spirit. Look, the Spirit of God living inside of me, God is speaking to me through His Spirit. God speaks to me in prayer, in those quiet times. He's speaking. The greatest way that He speaks to me, obviously, is through His Word. And may I say to you that His Word is the fixed point of reference for all communication. Please don't miss that. I can say, well, creation is saying this to me about God, but does it match up with Scripture? The Spirit of God is prompting me in this way, but does it match up with Scripture? You see, in all those ways that God is speaking to me, I have a fixed point where I can have something that is the plumb line, and I can say, if it does not agree with this, though, it cannot be God speaking to me because God does not contradict Himself. So God is speaking. You know what I think? I think that God speaks to us so much because we're such a blessed people. By the way, praise God for a pastor who labors in the Word to get up here week after week and to give us all that we have from the Word of God. But I think sometimes we hear so much that God, watch this, the very God of heaven speaking to me sort of becomes background noise. It's just always there. That brings us to point number one. I'm just going to give you three things very quickly from this passage, and we won't take a lot of time. When God speaks, if you're writing things down, I'd write this down. Number one, when God speaks, value it. 
Verse number one, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in, their, in those days. There was no open vision. The word of God, the open communication of God was so scarce in those days that when he did speak, it was precious to people. As a matter of fact, consider this. Here is the high priest, Eli, and Samuel has to come to him three separate times before it even dawns on him. Maybe it's God that's talking. Why? Because God didn't talk a whole lot back then. There was no open vision, and it was precious. And Eli says to Samuel, oh, Samuel, God is talking to you. Samuel, when he speaks again, and pray that he does, when God speaks again, here's how you answer Oh, speak, Lord. Lord, talk to me, please. Tell me what, what it is that you want me to hear. Because, look, they don't have a Bible back then, and, and they don't have people who, who uh, are standing up week after week taking the, the inspired Word of God and, and handing it out. They don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit of God that is prompting them in their lives. They don't have any of those things. It's precious. And I wonder, how precious is it to me when God speaks? Do I really value it? The, the poetical books of Scripture have much to say. Let's just look at a few things, if you would. Hold your place in First Samuel. Turn to Psalm, the book of the Psalms, 119. Verse number 72. Psalm 119, 72. The Bible says, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. I wonder if I actually feel that way. Psalmist said, he said, The law of thy mouth, Lord, your word, you speaking to me, is better than thousands of gold and silver. Go to Proverbs chapter number 8, if you would please. Proverbs 8 and verse number 10. Speaking of wisdom, wisdom says, Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. So here's the, here's the natural question. Well, if God's wisdom, if God's communication to me is better than rubies, if it's better than silver, if it's better than gold, what makes it so valuable? Well, turn to Psalm 19. And the psalmist here explains why the Word of God is so precious. It explains why it is to be valued above all of these other things. In the book of Psalm, you, Psalms, you have a number of synonymous words that are used for the Bible. You have words like testimony, law, precepts, statutes, judgments, all of these things. And they're all referring to the same thing. They're all referring to the, the Word of God, God's communication, God's speaking to us. We're given five of those here in these few verses. But in Psalm chapter 19 and verse number 7, the Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, 
and righteous all together. And then in verse number 10, he says this, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. So the psalmist here agrees with the, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon. He says, look, the word of God, the speaking of God into my life, God's communication to me, it's better than gold. It's, it's sweeter than honey. Okay, so what makes it so great? What makes it so valuable? Continue verse number 11. Because moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Think of the day that you leave this world and you enter into eternity. Think of the day that you see Jesus face to face. Think of it. When your value system is made right, when my value system is made right, I'll trade every accolade, every dollar, every advancement, humanly speaking, I'll trade it in a heartbeat to say, God spoke to me. The creator of the universe came and stood and called to me. But my value system is broken. And there's so many things in this world that I say, I'll chase after that, I'll value that. And the psalmist says, no, look, silver and gold and rubies, all of it, it's nothing. But when God speaks, value it. Why is that? Well, he says that by it, we are made righteous. By, by the word of God, we are made to know truth. Can I tell you something? If God doesn't speak to me, I don't spend all of eternity with him. If God doesn't speak to me, I'm left to my own devices. I'm left to wander through this world and make up my own, uh, my own way through. I don't want any part of that. Let me, let me tell you something. No, no amount of money, and by the way, money is not the root of evil. The love of money is the root of evil. I think we all understand that. But no amount of money is ever going to buy the Spirit of God speaking to me. No position as a CEO or a president of a company, no, no fame, no fortune is ever going to get God to speak to me. No, its value is unvaluable. Can't put a price tag on it. So what do we do when God speaks? The first thing we should do, may God help us, is to value it. We are so blessed. As I said before, we're so blessed. We don't have any idea. I saw a video a number of years ago Chinese believers in an underground church unpacking Bibles. Perhaps you've seen it. Taking the Bible and kissing it, hugging it. When's the last time you felt that way about the, the Word of God? Me. When's the last time I felt that way about the Word of God? You see, when the, when the Bible speaks, when God speaks, the first thing we do is value it. Number two, let me give this to you quickly. Not only do we value it, but we validate it. We validate it. Proverbs 14, verse 12, the Bible says, There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see, there's a way that I think I should go. There's a way that I think I should live. There's a way that I, I think I should conduct myself. But the, the problem is this. When God speaks, and He speaks in opposition to what I believe and to what I feel, what I have to do is validate what God says. This is what Samuel does, by the way. Notice this. Verse number 9. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth thee. 
First of all, he says, speak, Lord. Do you know how I validate when God speaks to me? First of all, I recognize that I am not God. I'm not God. I'm not the one who's supposed to be in charge. I'm not the one who's making decisions in my life. I'm not, and, and by the way, this is, how, this is how our world works. We understand that. Right? You figure it out. You, you use whatever, whatever wit and skill and intellect that you have to make your way through, to, to progress, to, to, to advance yourself. But as believers, that's not how it works, not how it should work. You see, the way it's supposed to work for me is this. When God speaks, I say, it's God who's speaking. There's a way that seems right unto me, but when God speaks in opposition to that, I validate what God says by saying, I am not God. Therefore, I will not listen to me. So, first of all, you recognize that you're not God. Then verse number 10, And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. The first thing that I do is I recognize that I am not God. And the second thing that I do is I prepare myself for action. Samuel says, Lord, speak. Your servant hears you. Lord, I'm preparing myself to do whatever it is that you say to do. You see, this is why when we come into the house of God to, to sing uh, our praises to the Lord to, and singing congregational songs and then ultimately for the preaching of God's word, this is why the greatest preparation for us, uh, the greatest blessing, I should say, is in preparation. I don't come into the house of God and say, okay, now let's see what God has. No, before I even get to the house of God, I should have the attitude of, God, whatever it is that you speak to me about today, I'm going to be obedient. I've prepared myself for action. You see, all of the great characters of Scripture, I think of Joseph especially. You know, Joseph did not make a decision at the moment that Potiphar's wife said to him, hey, come commit adultery with me. He did not sit there in that moment and go, okay, I have a choice to make. No, 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 no. Joseph's mind was already made up. You see, Daniel did not, did not stand there in front of the king and say, am I going to pray? Am I not going to pray? I'm not sure. King, can you give me a minute? No, no. Daniel's mind was already made up. He knew I'm not going to, to, to disobey God. I'm going to pray as I've always prayed. You see, all the great victories in your life and in my life are victories that, that are won before the battle even begins. And so what happens in Samuel's life? Samuel has already determined, I am not God. And so when God speaks, I'm preparing myself for action. There's a third thing that we do to validate. First of all, I recognize that I'm not God. Secondly, I, I prepare myself for action. Whatever God's going to speak to me about, I'm going to do it. And then thirdly, I simply do it. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, <laughs> Right? Look, there's all this great preparation that takes place in my life, and, 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 and I can say to God, God, whatever it is that you speak to me about in church today, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bend my will to your will. But then the preacher gets up, and he steps on our toes just a little bit harder than we anticipated. Or we open up our Bibles in, in, in personal devotion time, and God speaks to us and says, hey, your life is not pleasing. You need to change that. And you go, Ouch. Well, that's going to take a little bit more than I anticipated. That's going to cost me a little bit more than I, I, I thought that it was going to. So what do I have to do to validate when God speaks to me? I have to say, regardless of the cost, Lord, I will do what you want me to do. 
So I value it. When God speaks, I value it. When God speaks, I validate it. And then thirdly, when God speaks, I voice it. Look at verse number 18. The Bible says, And Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. Now, I want you to know this was not easy for Samuel to do. God calls him. Eli's given him the command. When he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears you. So he says, Speak, your servant hears. And God says, Samuel, I'm going to do something. And I'm going to do something so drastic and so dramatic that every person who hears it, both of their ears are going to tingle at this. Eli has not been obedient to me with his children. And my judgment is going to come upon him and upon his household. And then the next morning, he wakes up, and he's doing everything that he can to avoid Eli. <laughs> everything. And finally, Levi calls to him. Eli, not Levi. That's a different part of the Bible. <coughs> Eli calls to him. Son, come here. Tell me everything God said. Easy message to deliver? Well, Eli, I have the utmost respect for you, but God says judgment's coming. And it's not a little judgment, it's big judgment. Can I tell you what we need to do when God speaks? We need to listen to what He says. We need to let what God speaks to us bend our will to His. And then we need to take what God said to us and go say it to somebody else even though it's not easy to do. Why did, he, why did God get the, the message of the gospel to us? Well, I mean, look, he got the message of the gospel to us so that we could go spread the gospel to everybody else. And we understand that. I, think, I hope we understand that. But the Bible also says that we are to go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then it says teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That's interesting, isn't it? The first teaching is the teaching of the gospel. The second teaching is the teaching of all things whatsoever He's commanded us. I remember years ago hearing Pastor Sexton say something like this. This is not, a, this is not an exact quote, but he said something like this. He said, I believe we would have revival in our country if Christian people would just talk about Jesus again. We don't even talk about Him anymore. He communicates with us. He comes to us. He stands. He calls to us. And why does he call to us? Because he wants to have a relationship with us. And he wants us to know who he is. And he wants us to know that he has a perfect plan and a will and it is designed for our life. And by the way, I'll remind you that the one who designed the Christian life is Christ himself. The one who made you and made me made a specific life for us to live. And those two things match up perfectly. And he says to us, you can live however you want to, but I have the perfect life for you to live. I have a life of peace and joy and contentment, fulfillment, a life of no regrets and no shame. And you can live that life. He came to us to communicate that to us. And why did he do that? So that we can then go to others and speak to them. We can voice to others what he has voiced to us. 
What am I supposed to do when God speaks? By the way, do you think that Pastor Hooks prepares all of, of what he does and comes to the pulpit and, 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 pardon the term, but he regurgitates this wonderful truth to you and I so that we can, we can soak it up and we can take it in so that it just ends with us? So it just ends with you? No, because there's somebody on your job site that needs to hear what you heard last Sunday morning. Now, let me say this. There's somebody on your job site and in your school that needs to hear what you heard this morning. So what do we do when God speaks? Oh, I value it. I thank God for it. Lord, it's so precious that the King of kings, that the Lord of lords, that, that, that the one who spoke and created everything would talk to me? That's valuable to me. Lord, I've validated it. And he says, good, all right, now go tell it to somebody else. Go speak to someone. Let me give you one final thought and we'll be done. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Verse number 20 tells us that all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Everybody knew that Samuel was the real deal. Everybody knew that he wasn't playing. Everybody knew that what Samuel spoke came from God. And you know what's so convicting to me about this? Look, look at verse number 19 again. And Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. I wonder how much of what I say is useless speech. Even when I'm instructing people, look, even when I'm instructing people in what I would say are the things of God, I wonder how much of what I say is pointless, is, is, has no value, has no impact. Do you know why God didn't let any of Samuel's words fall to the ground? Because Samuel was just listening to what God had to say and speaking that. Do you know what the world needs? Look, they don't need my opinions. They don't need, oh, heaven forbid they get my opinions, right? And by the way, we have more opinions coming at us now than we've ever had before. COVID did a number of things, but it made everyone doctors. Every one of us. Like, we're all medical professionals now, right? And, and everyone, well, let me tell you what I, oh, please, please tell me what you I really, I desire to know this, right? You and the 85 other people that have just told me. It's funny because, you know, you, you hear certain people talk about, and by the way, I say things, you know, I just, well, you know what I read? You know what I heard? You know what I, right? And then you talk to a medical professional and they go, it doesn't actually work that way. Oh, okay. Well, it was good while it lasted. Listen, do you know what the world needs? They need Christian people who value God's communication, who will validate it by being obedient to it, and who will simply tell others what God has told us. I cannot speak to this. I cannot help my community if I'm not in the Bible. I cannot help my community. I can't, you know, God's given me this ministry of, of uh, you know, discipling young people in, in the Tabernacle Christian School, and it's, it's something that I'm, I'm privileged, literally privileged to do. But, you know, so I, like, I can't help young people. I cannot help them until God helps me. I can't talk to them 
I cannot encourage them. I cannot instruct them. I can't guide them. God's made me a father. I got four children. Do you really think I know what I'm doing? I'm clueless. What do I need? I need God to speak to me. I need to value what he says. I need to take it seriously. I need to obey it myself so I can sit my own children down and say, now look, you have an imperfect father who messes up all the time. Don't listen to me. Listen to God. This is what people need. Through the life of Samuel, God helps us to understand what to do when God speaks. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.